you for joining the ladies of Her Portion Podcast. Come, pull up a seat at the table, because you are welcome here. Grab your Bible and a pen, and let's dig into God's Word together. Take a moment and pray that God would open your heart to Him as you listen. So without further ado, let's get right into today's portion. Hey, it's Hannah here. Welcome to today's episode. I have a question for you. Have you ever been discouraged? Okay, undoubtedly your answer is going to either be yes or duh, of course I have. (laughs) We all have faced discouragement, right? And we will face discouragement again in our future as we're on this side of heaven. Ephesians 6.12 tells us, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That is why it is so crucial for us to know how to handle that discouragement when it comes. Satan is out to destroy us. He's not out just to hurt us. He's out to wipe us out. But praise God, in him, we always have victory. And I'm so thankful for that. So what is discouragement? You felt it before. We've covered that. But it can appear or creep up in so many different ways in our day-to-day life. Discouragement, according to Webster's 1828 Dictionary, is that which depresses confidence or hope. If you got a chance to listen to Courtney's episode, it was on hope, her first one. And it was definitely the opposite of discouraging. It was encouraging, reminding us of our true hope. So some examples of discouragement could be having vehicle problems. No one likes having car issues. We've been there and it is definitely discouraging. Discouragement can look like not getting the job that you had hoped and prayed for. What a letdown. It can look like many hurtful situations happening in your church. For example, it could be between friendships. It could be in the ministry. It could be um, your Sunday school class not growing or um, hard situations with your bus route. Just there's so many things that goes beyond even church. Discouragement will come at you in many different ways, right? So whatever it may be, It leaves you having a hard time finding that hope that you once held on to so tightly, and it certainly leaves you searching for your fiery faith that you once had. It leaves you discouraged. In this episode, we're going to look at Psalm 73, specifically verses 21 through 26, and we're going to heavily rest on 26 at the end, but I'll read these verses for you right now. Psalm 73, 21 says, Thus my heart was grieved. And I was pricked in my reins. So foolish was I and ignorant. I was as a beast before thee. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. This psalm was written by Asaph. What was he talking about? He says in verse 21 that he was pricked in his reins. That means he was convicted to the very depths of his heart. He acknowledges that he was foolish and ignorant, just like a beast or an animal, knowing nothing. So what was he convicted about? 
The first 20 verses of this psalm explain just that. Asaph was dealing with an inner mental struggle because he was comparing his life to those who did not put God first. He was looking at the prosperity of the wicked and becoming almost bitter towards God, so much so that he says in verse 2, he admits that he had almost fallen away from the Lord. Friend, are you discouraged by the prosperity of those who do not serve God? Have you been wondering why they seem to be getting away with their wrongdoing while you have been trying to live right and it just seems like you're struggling? Asaph was no stranger to those feelings as he so plainly shares in this psalm. But one thing I love so much about the psalms is that many of them will start off with a problem or issue or even a heart's cry out to God and they end praising God, uh, sharing how God gave the victory or the solution. Asaph shares his victory over this particular discouragement. Verse 1 tells us, Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. When he's done talking about his comparisons to the wicked, he ends by saying in verse 17, Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. Our commitment towards God reflects the purity of our heart. The closer we are to him, the less we will desire or envy that which the godless has. Proverbs 23, 1-3 says, When thou sittest to eat with a ruler, consider diligently what is before thee, and put a knife to thy throat if thou be a man given to appetite. Be not desirous of his dainties, for they are deceitful meat. It may seem that they are prospering and doing well, But I promise you, God's word is true, not man's word. They may boast and brag of their blessings and seem as happy as can be, but rest assured that the inner workings of their heart we do not know, and God is dealing with them in ways that we cannot see. Deceit is the work of Satan. If you're deceived against God, you are discouraged, and what a dangerous place to fall into. As Asaph said, he almost fell away from God. And today, sadly, many have fallen away from God from this very thing. But let's get to the good part. Verse 21, Asaph is convicted. He acknowledges that God loves him and corrects his wrong thinking. It says, Thus my heart was grieved, and I was pricked in my reins. Verse 22, He shows a repentant spirit. So foolish was I and ignorant. That's a repentant spirit. He's realizing, wow, I was... I was wrong. Verse 23, he acknowledges that it is because of God being with him that his heart was able to change. He says, nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Verse 24, he's acknowledging that God is the one guiding him and counseling him in the right way, turning his heart away from desiring what the wicked has to the right way of thinking by God's word. It says, Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. And then verse 25, it's almost like a declaration of his love for the Lord, that he just doesn't want or need anyone else but him. It says, Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. And then we have verse 26, My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Asaph knows he was wrong. 
He's admitting that he was weak and he failed in strength in his thoughts. And then those familiar, powerful, and wonderful two words, but God. But God is the strength of my heart. Have you slipped away? Have you backslidden? Have you been discouraged, whether by comparison or any other kinds of means? Remember, you two are human. You are flesh and you are weak, as I am too. But that pricking in your heart to spend time with God, that's him. It's him trying to encourage you and bring you back to him. It is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. We want him because he wants us. Just as God led Asaph with his counsel, God wants to lead you with his counsel through whatever you are going through. In the last part of this verse of Psalm 73, 26, it says, And my portion forever. If you've listened to the other episodes, then you know by now that portion means a part of something. For the Christian, the saved individual, we have the portion in this life that we can carry to the next life. The portion that lasts forever for all eternity. And the wicked, those who are without God, Their portion, unfortunately, is the opposite. It's one of deceit. It appears to be pleasurable, but it is wanting, and it's never truly satisfied. God will be your portion for eternity if you know him, if you've trusted in him as your savior. But you get to choose while on this earth if he will be your portion in this life. Do you know you could be saved and live every day wanting and desiring what you can't have? You can want and desire what the wicked has, chasing after money and material things that will not go into the next life. But will you live with God as your portion? Will you turn back to him if you've fallen away? Will you let him encourage you if you've been really discouraged? Will you let him be your strength? With Jesus, you are truly living the best life. Don't believe the lies Satan throws at you. The wicked do not have it better. I look forward to sharing with you in the next episode just how important our portion is that lasts forever and really what we should be doing with it. Thank you for joining us today on Her Portion. We hope you leave with plenty to ponder from God's Word. We encourage you to use today's topic to start your own study in the Scriptures. Until next time.